Hey, coming up, we have stories about awkward engagement photos, coworker romance drama, secret children from exes, brozo husbands, grieving mothers, maybe, question mark, mooching husbands, stolen fish tanks, Christmas and spicy reward stories. And we might even have a cake story. I know it's shocking. Am I the astronaut for not gifting my wedding photography package? I, female, am a photographer who recently did an engagement photo shoot for my friend, let's call him Dude, and his fiance, let's call her Chick, doesn't like me much. We've never really gotten along, we have nothing in common, and she isn't easy to hold a conversation with. I feel like it's talking to a statue. Context, I met Dude about a year before he met Chick. I made it clear nothing would ever happen between Dude and myself. He then met Chick, and a few months later, I met my now husband. We went on a double date and attended a few things as a group. My husband made it clear to me that Chick didn't like me because Dude is into me, and it's obvious. Well, that sucks. Here, we're going to red flag that. I was oblivious and thought there was no way he hadn't moved on, but respected my husband's gut feeling. We distanced ourselves from them, but kept in touch. My husband and I got engaged and married within nine months of meeting and started our life together. Two to three years, it was mid-COVID, so time melted together, went by with almost no contact apart from seeing a few things on social media. My husband and I moved out of state as well. Dude messaged me asking to do some engagement photos for their five or six year anniversary. I spoke to my husband and I agreed to the photo shoot. I decided to gift it to them, so I didn't ask them for my usual fee of around 450 Australian dollars and spent about seven hours perfecting the photos for them. The photo shoot started awkwardly. Chick didn't want to be there, and to add to the matter, Dude was more interested in helping me, wearing proper outdoor shoes, over the rough terrain than his soon-to-be fiancé in high heels. Oh, dude, what are you doing? Once he proposed, she was overjoyed and the photo shoot started being fun. Except I had to keep telling dude to look at Chick, not me. At the time, I brushed it off and told myself he was looking at the camera. I told my husband and I said that I was not willing to do their wedding photos. She will be a bridezilla. I can't charge enough bridezilla tax to make it worth it. They set a date and started prepping. Dude told me to keep an eye out for our invitation. I felt relieved that I wasn't asked to be the photographer until she messaged me excited and honored to accept my offer to do their wedding photos. We mean the offer that never happened? Oh, no. Her message assumed it'd be free and considered as a gift. Wedding photography is about 10 to 12 hours session with many more editing hours on top, plus eight to nine hours of travel each way and accommodation. I said no and recommended a fantastic photographer who is local to them and specializes in wedding photography. She hasn't spoken to me since and neither has dude. So am I the a-hole? What? Um, no. No, you're not the asshole at all for this. You never, you never offered to do wedding photos for free. You did their engagement photo session for free which is maybe where this assumption came from but even that was you were apprehensive about doing even that also i think when you are a photographer and you you do something for free to people it's really easy for them to start taking advantage of you right because what it was 450 dollar typical sitting fee and a whole bunch of time so I hope you told them that it was 450 bucks that you had just given them for free. Um, and, and the engagement session should have been the wedding gift, right? It's like, this is what I'm doing as your guys's wedding gift. Don't expect anything else from me. Sure as hell. Not going to do wedding photos. Sure as hell. Not going to do them for free. Wedding photos are hardcore intense. It's an extremely stressful day. You have no control over anything at all. Like you did. <laughs> It, it, it would have to be an asinine amount of money for me to ever do one again. And I've done like one or two candy thunder, ladies and gentlemen, man, I don't, I don't feel like that she did anything wrong. I mean, she did everything right at every turn and especially telling them to find another photographer because this could have turned into a, my fiance likes you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of ignoring the added complication of this, of dude being into her, which makes it extremely awkward. Even if there, there wasn't an issue there at all. If somebody contacted you and was like, Hey, uh, would, would dusty gift me wedding mm -hmm. photos to do a, you know, a wedding shoot and edit. Uh, if you ever said yes, I'd be like, 
Uh, what are you doing to me? I mean, why? I don't think anybody would ever gift anyone a full wedding session. Um, maybe if you were just starting out, because there's so much time and effort and energy that goes into not only being at that wedding all day, um, on your feet all day, but also all of the edit time that goes into it. And this is one of the biggest days of people's lives. So they expect, and I'm, I don't understand why she thought that she would just gift them that because they know her because she's an acquaintance. They thought that they could. I dude had to have said something <laughs> yeah. to her. This guy uh, is creepy then. That's creepy to be d- kind of obsessed with the photographer and yeah. then say that the photographer offered free pictures. I mean, there are plenty that's of people who will look at the camera when they shouldn't be looking at the camera, right? Like that's a common a common issue. So maybe he was just looking at the camera during the engagement shoot, yeah, but... But it said that he helped her... Yes, that's like, a problem. ...walk rather than helping his fiance or soon-to-be fiance walk in heels. That's yeah. a That's a... That's a big problem, but, yeah. but the only way that his now fiance, soon to be wife, would have thought that that OP here had offered to do the wedding photos is if dude had said something. I don't know. And why would weird. dude say something? Very weird. But she's not the asshole. And this was a follower submission, so not the asshole. You did everything right. Uh, they are the asshole for assuming that you would just give free pictures. You know what though, OP? Props to you for instead of being like, oh, uh. Yeah, I guess being like, nope, yep. sorry, not going to do that. Here's somebody in your market that specializes in weddings and would be a great person mm-hmm. to go with. Instead of just letting them take advantage of you, you created a, um, a boundary there, which right. is great. Did she ever get the invite? I bet Probably not. not. I bet she was only going to get an invite because they thought that she was giving them free pictures. I, I think she's probably relieved to not get the invite, right. which... Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would be an awkward conversation. So what if it if it's what she and her husband think it is, then he's going to be up at the altar, like <laughs> turning back around, looking at her. It's like, going to be a. Are you, are you good? Did you need some water or something? <laughs> can I can I walk you down the aisle instead? Could maybe we do that? So it would it would be he's awkward. the creepy creep factor. You for the ick vibes. Yep. Am I the astronaut for catching feelings for a friend while I'm currently married? I, 22 female, and my husband, 25 male, have been married for about five months, been together for four years. About a year and a half ago, my husband's personality did a complete 180. He used to be by my side at all times and complimented me and told me he loved me upwards of 30 times a day. He suddenly only told me he loved me when he was leaving for work. Hold up. We'll red flag that, but also... They've been married for five months and his personality did a 180 a year and a half ago before you guys got married. Huh? He hasn't complimented me in almost a year, which goes back seven months before the wedding. I've become good friends with a coworker we'll call Sam. Sam, 27 male, has been there for me through all of the issues with my husband, and I have been more than grateful for his support. Last holiday season, I found my husband's, at the time fiancé's, phone filled with inappropriate videos of other women. I blew up at him and set boundaries, which I admit I let fall after a week after not being able to emotionally deal with it at all since then. We have gotten married, but all the issues have still been present. We've had many arguments where I end up in tears begging for his love and he just sits there staring at the wall. Sam knows this all and has helped me release the negative emotions associated with it. My husband will change his behavior and do what I ask for a maximum of a week and then fall back into his behavior of seeing me as a roommate and not his wife. Now, I know that I might be the asshole for confiding in someone else about my marriage, but when you're married to someone who doesn't communicate, you need someone to talk to. Sam and I have started to hang out more than we used to due to me being more or less mourning a marriage that hasn't quite ended. Since being out with Sam, my husband has changed his behavior and has been doing everything I've ever asked of him, but I feel nothing. No love, no appreciation, absolutely nothing. I believe this is another change for a week and then reverting back. Nothing has happened between Sam and me before. However, last week while we were talking, he tried to kiss me. I didn't let it happen and went home. He's since apologized, and I have forgiven him. Mm. We'll talk about it. We've been talking like nothing happened, but I've realized I've caught feelings for him. He's treated me with so much respect and kindness, which is what I've been hoping for from my husband. Or as I said above, I've been dealing with this for over a year, and I'm currently in the stages of deciding if I should stay in this marriage or leave. Part of me feels awful for having feelings for another man, while another part of me says it's not my fault. So, 
Am I the Astronaut? Candy Thunder, probably should have had you come come up for this story because you talk about the stages of 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 broken relationships. There's what anger, frustration, resentment, indifference. So there was resentment before, but now you are too indifference. Op. So the fact that you're to this indifference stage is is rough. This is hard. I think there there is a major, 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 major problem if the person that you're confiding in as a friend is putting the moves on you. That's not a, a safe friend to be confiding in. That's not a person that you can confide in because they're taking advantage of the information that you're presenting to them. They're not a sounding board. They're not there to help you navigate this time. They're there for selfish reasons. This can't be the person. This can't be your person. And you have to make a decision right now and say, number one, this friend has got to go. If you if you're going to give your marriage any chance of surviving here at all, this friend has to go, has to leave the picture because you're not going to be able to make a decision in a vacuum about your future here with this person clouding your judgment. You're not going to be able to do that. And the fact that you're still talking to them is problematic, in my opinion here. If you knew that there was ever the possibility of this happening the first time you got the hint or whiff of it going this direction, that should have been the end of this conversation, the conversation with this friend. It's at that point, I think you chose to end your marriage when you kept that conversation going with him. Now, your husband is is obviously an asshole here. Something has happened. Something has happened where where you don't know what it is, but the fact that you need that affection and attention from him, it just probably puts more pressure on him and puts him in a state where he can't fulfill it. Whatever that issue is should be a something that is explored in therapy for both of you. And if you needed someone to confide in because your husband isn't communicating with you, having a counselor or therapist that you can talk to about these things is probably a great idea because they're not going to try to put the moves on you. I mean, hopefully I'm sure I'm sure there are some bad ones out there, but But letting this path go or letting yourself go down this path when you know that there are dangers ahead is just more signals that you're done. And getting to the indifference stage here, is there any coming back from that? Candy Thunder, what do you think? Is there any coming back from indifference? No, there's no coming back from indifference. If you feel nothing at this point, you've moved past resentment and now you're just indifferent. It's done. It's over. It sucks. Something happened with him. You'll, You'll never know what that is now because you're already done. But you, you've gone down this path that has led you to indifference, and now, and now it's over. It sucks. If you were truly at the indifference phase, I don't know that you would be able to see even a slim chance. Maybe that's just like the hope of, of, of what was there before. Maybe that was it. But I, I do think you have to stop talking to this friend to know for sure. You're not going to be able to make any kind of clear decision with, with some person trying to distract you over here on the side. If you want there to be a chance, you for sure need to end that that friendship that is not really a friendship. Um, now let's say, let's, let's say for argument's sake here that you are done. If you decide that you're done and you're truly done, I still think you have to, you have to create some distance between you and this friend for a while so that you can, you can get some closure on this situation and truly be happy with yourself instead of falling right into another situation. And if this dude is willing to try to put the moves on you when you're married and he knows that you're emotionally troubled. That's this. And I don't know that, that when you are ready to start seeing someone romantically again, that it should be this person. Cause if they're willing to do that to someone who is in a precarious position and married, you're starting off with a trust issue. It's rough. It is rough. So part of you feels awful for having feelings for another man while another part of you says it's not your fault. I think these are two separate issues. You need to make a decision on your marriage. Do you want to try to make it work or not? That's decision number one. And if you want to try to make it work, you you for sure need to. Well, you're going to have to. You got a lot of work to do, obviously. But if you're to the indifference phase here, if you don't want to continue trying to make it work, then that's that's okay that's understandable because of where you're at however i do think you have to get to this point where you give yourself like six months to to accept and settle and become happy with yourself before needing someone else again if you go straight from this dysfunctional marriage into a relationship with someone who was pretending to be your sounding board but really just luring you away uh I, i think you're you're going to miss a lot of potential joy that you have within yourself it sucks um I'm not going to call you the asshole here, 
my, I, I think it was a mistake um, continuing to talk to this person who you thought might have feelings for you. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to call you the asshole for it uh, because this is this is a feeling. Right. And you can't be an asshole for feeling something. You at least at this point, whenever something did start to happen, you stopped it and you had a checkpoint here. But you're pretending like nothing had happened now. And that's that's probably where you went wrong here and made the mistake. Candy Thunder looks like she wants to say something. You got a microphone over there. No. It's tough. I, I think this is a tough situation. And unfortunately, your coping mechanism ended up being talking to this person who gave you attention. Am I the astronaut for reacting strongly to my wife's request for more help at home? So I just had a clash with my wife. It's one of those situations where emotions ran high and I'm genuinely questioning whether I'm in the wrong here. So my wife and I had this understanding from the get go. You know, we both agreed to specific roles in our household dynamics. I'd take on the responsibility of being the primary breadwinner, working long hours to ensure our family's financial stability while she managed the household tasks and took care of our kids. It felt like a fair division of labor and it worked for us or so I thought. Recently, she approached me and expressed the need for more help around the house and with the kids. She told me that I was being lazy and an uninvolved parent. Instead of having a calm, rational conversation about it, I'll admit I lost my cool. I ended up telling her she was being lazy and ungrateful for not recognizing the sacrifices I make to provide for our family. I couldn't help but feel blindsided and frustrated. We had this agreement, this unspoken contract about who would handle what, and now she was asking for a renegotiation. I lashed out, and maybe I shouldn't have, but in the heat of the moment, it felt like my entire contribution was being disregarded. In my frustration, I went as far as to suggest swapping roles. Let her take on the pressure of being the primary earner while I handled all of the household chores and childcare responsibilities. I felt like this would make her appreciate the effort I put into providing for the family. Instead, it just made her upset, and we got into a big argument, which ended in her running into our room and locking me out of it, and now she isn't speaking to me. Now, as I reflect on the situation, I wonder if I went too far. Did my reaction exceed the bounds of reasonability? I can't deny that my words were harsh and part of me regrets how the conversation unfolded. But at the same time, I can't shake the feeling that there's a level of justification in my frustration. So Reddit, I turn to you. Am I the astronaut for the way I reacted to my wife's request for more help at home? Oh, what do you think? This this talk about the contract has me concerned. Um, OP says that it was an unspoken contract. So what? They never, never talked about it. It was just a. it's like we had this mutual understanding. We had this unspoken contract. So it was a it was a it was an understanding that you assumed that you never had a real conversation for. Regardless, let's say you did have this this conversation and an arrangement ahead of time here. You're now into. We don't know how, how long you've been married. We don't know how many kids that you have here. And, and I guess it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, your wife is struggling and came to you and asked for more help, expressed more help. Now, the way that she did that probably wasn't the best way that she could have approached that. But you have to understand that she's fried and frustrated, right? She communicated to you rather than just allowing herself to continue getting frustrated and worn down and to the point where she resents you and then becomes indifferent to you. She expressed expressed her need for more help and i'm sure she could have done that in a better way but bro everything that you said here wasn't like uh now i you know i i know that she's frustrated by these things or these things i know are a lot of work and and i know that i could do more of this or i could do more of this and i know that this is really hard and i know she must be feeling this hell no everything that you responded here was me 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 do you not see that as a problem do you not see the problem here? You're like, uh, my contributions have just been completely discarded here. And yeah, her prob- her calling you lazy probably lit that fire. However, you, you, <laughs> you only focusing on, on your part of this and how you feel like you're not being, uh, you're not being recognized for your valiant effort here. How do you think she feels, man? How do you think she feels? And you're, 
your rebuttal here about, well, let's swap it. Let's swap it and see. I think this would be an enlightening experience for you because not a damn thing of being a stay-at-home parent is easy. That is work. The whole time you are working, she are, she's working just as hard. Candy Thunder and I actually had this conversation last night, um, and she she thanked me for working so hard for us. And I'm like, dude, we both work the same amount of hard. We just do it differently. I do mine in a different setting and she carries more of the at home workload. But I understand that that is not easy work, especially if you've got toddlers involved, that toddlers, if there are young children involved, they will break you. They will wear down your souls and they will break you like work complications. You know, that, that kind of stuff is much easier to navigate than a toddler just looking at you and shaking her head saying she won't take her Tylenol. Like it is, it is a, a not an easy gig being a stay at home parent. And instead of diving into that and trying to find a solution, trying to find some kind of compromise here, you're just like, I'm, I'm not being recognized for my efforts here. That's a problem. And it also leads me to give you this. If you guys were truly a team, this wouldn't be a, I'm the breadwinner. You handle all the home shit. It would be a, uh, once I get home from doing the job that I have while I'm away from the home, then we're a team. Then we're 50, 50. Then we're both tackling things that come up here because guess what? If she's a stay at home parent and if she has young kids, it is a job the entire time that you're gone. And then when you get home, her job doesn't end. It just keeps going. And if you are using that time to like check out and to relax, she can't. And instead of jumping in and helping out, you're just like, Oh, I've done my, done my deal for the day. It's not okay, man. It's not okay at all. And if anybody is being taken for granted here, it's your partner. Notice that word partner. You've got to start acting like a team here instead of having the memes. You got the memes too hard here, man. You're going to have to get over yourself, check the ego at the door and do what's best for your family. And while you think that may be being the primary breadwinner here, it's not enough. It's not enough to just be the earner. If that's the case, then go stay in a hotel and send checks. If you're going to be there, you have to actually be there. You have to be present. You have to be helping with things. You have to be a part of the family and you have to be on your partner's team. So the question here is, am I the astronaut for reacting strongly to my wife's request for more help at home? So as I said before, I'm sure that the, I'm sure that the wife, when she finally made this request was doing it out of a, a, a moment of passion and was like, listen here, you lazy son of a bitch or was more fired up than she intended to be because she's fried. But instead of trying to help at all, you just got defensive. So definitely could have done it differently. Should, definitely should have done it differently. Definitely shouldn't have reacted the way that you did. Is this an ask on one offense? Tony Spark, Candy Thunder thoughts. Is this an ask on one offense? He's at minimum a two. I think he's, I think he took it far enough though to get here. I think he took it far enough to be an ask on one and to be completely selfish completely selfish and and not once in all of this think about why she might be struggling what it might be that's making her feel this way and what he could do to help alleviate that no he he had this it's not my job mentality and typically the people with the it's not my job mentality don't make good leaders man and you have to be a leader here you have to be a part of your wife's team you have to otherwise you are putting yourself in a position where She's going to become indifferent with you, and then you're going to have a much more complicated situation here. You're not going to get to see your kids as much. And again, I don't, you know, there are plenty of, we have a blended family, and not all the kids are with us all the time, and we're we're a happy family with happy kids. But if you have the opportunity to fix things here, and this is a, a marriage that you want to stay in, I think you have a responsibility to actually work the problem instead of making the problem bigger. Am I the astronaut for asking my fiance to skip this year's Christmas family vacation because our baby is due? <laughs> Wait, fiance, we still going to go context. I've gone to Florida with his family for the past five years for at least part of Christmas. Every other year I returned home with him. I returned home before him to spend Christmas day with my family. This year is the first time in a long time that all the other siblings are able to overlap dates. My fiance has major FOMO, which is why this is a sensitive subject. 
His parents have always been weird about keeping their family close. They never said it outright, but little things suggest they don't consider me completely part of their family yet since we aren't married. Also, my parents are away overseas dealing with a grandparent emergency. My mom has been kept in the loop, though, and is trying to come back as soon as she can. My fiance and I, 31 male and 31 female, are expecting our first baby due December 30th. His family has a vacation home in Florida, and they have gone every year during the holidays for about a month until after New Year's. He agreed not to go this year because of the baby, but his family is insisting that he go and come back on the 28th, which is ample time before the baby is due. Uh, (laughs) It's like his mom never had kids. How the fuck does this make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how babies work. Babies just, you know, they they respect the schedule that everyone else has. And they're like, I'm not coming till my actually due date. That's you know, that's how it works. That's how the world works. So he bought a ticket for December 15th through 28th. His reasoning is that his parents really want him there and his siblings will be also going. Dude, you have a baby coming. If he has FOMO, wouldn't the fear of missing his child's birth make that list? Wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think? This is bothering me a lot more than I thought because I know pregnancies are unpredictable, especially in the last trimester. And if anything happens leading up to the due date, I need him here. My parents are away until December 26th and my friends have their families, so I will be completely alone. The other reason, and I guess it's more selfish, is that I will be spending Christmas by myself. It's not the main reason why I'm bothered, but it's a small part of it. He's been spending Christmas every year in Florida since he was 15, and there will be many more trips after the baby is born. I don't know why he has to go this year. Anytime I bring it up, it results in a very uncomfortable fight about my expectations to put me first rather than his parents. You know what, babe? My first act as a father is going to be to completely suck as a father. (laughs) Call you from Florida. Anytime I bring it up. Oh, yeah, we read that part already. Um, I don't even bring it up anymore. His parents have always been kind to me, but they also don't see any problem. So I think I'm going crazy. Am I the astronaut? No, you are not the astronaut at all. What's the actual question here? I'm lost. Am I the astronaut for asking my fiance to skip this year's Christmas family vacation because our baby is due? No. No, 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 but we have bigger problems right now. You are not the astronaut for asking your fiance to stay with you when your baby is close to due. The problem that we have is that this was even an option in the first place. The problem that we have is that his family is like, what's the problem? And just has forgotten how childbirth works completely, I guess. And your fiance is willing to leave you alone at Christmas. His family willing to leave you alone at Christmas. This guy is not ready to be a dad. And you would think, does it just not start for, for, for some guys until the baby has like, has exited the womb and is, is in the world, like breathing oxygen. Do the fatherly instincts not start until right then, which by the way, brozo, you might miss because you're going to be getting a tan in Florida during Christmas. You do get the Brozo Award award for sure. Not UOP. You're uh, your insignificant other. This pisses me off. What this is? If this is a sign of the kind of father that this guy's going to be, he's he's got a lot of work to do, because when a child enters enters the world and your family dynamic, this is now your family that you create trumps the family that you came from. Your first responsibility is to the family that you create, brozo. And you being willing to leave your pregnant partner to go on a plane to Florida for Christmas just screams, you're not grown up enough to be able to handle this. You're not ready for this. And you're going to have to have a freaking crash course in responsibility in being at least a little bit more selfless and about caring more for other people than you do yourself. And you're going to have to do it quick because your life is about to be turned upside down. This is a, this is a terrible sign. And for this to be something that you're willing to do when your baby is just a few days away from being due, let alone leaving your fiance alone on Christmas. Like this just screams all kinds of problems here. I'm sorry, OP, 
but your your fiance is an Ascon one and a Brozo and his family are assholes too for being like, what's the problem? And then being willing to leave you and your baby alone on Christmas as well. They're Ascon ones too. You got a whole family of Asconauts chilling on the beach, working on their tan where you're going to be sitting there alone in the house with your, you know, your Charlie Brown Christmas tree waiting for the baby to pop out. And just like, oh, I hope, hope you stay in there until the 29th asshole him calling you selfish. It results in very uncomfortable fight about my expectations to put me first rather than his parents. Guess what, dude? She's pregnant with your child right now. She should be first. Jackhole. Am I the astronaut for asking my wife and daughter to leave the house if they don't want to reside with my son? My wife, Rachel, 35 female, and I, 35 male, have been married for many years now. And I also have a daughter, Leah, 14 female. I'm not proud to admit it, but I had another child while I was married to Rachel through another relationship. That's Aiden, 12 male. I kept it a secret from them, and I paid child support to her mother. I was meeting absolutely all of their expenses. She had a good job anyway. She passed away recently, and Aiden was alone. I did not want my son to suffer like that without any parents. The reason I did not reveal his identity to Rachel and Leah is that I did not want to cause a fight, but now I have no choice. I went through all the proper procedures to get custody of Aiden. I made him live in my house made him live in my house it's a weird way to say that i don't think you meant to say it that way my wife and leah did not take it well they went absolutely ballistic when they learned about him and rachel screamed about how i shouldn't even dare to think of letting him take even a step inside leah was saying the same stuff but i did not back down and they eventually had to be fine with the decision They have been livid about it, and Rachel has been demanding to get Aiden away from the house. I told her that I was not going to do that and warned her against doing anything to him. Leah got mad and asked me whether I value someone who was born out of a whore, and I lost my temper. I got up and asked them to get the f*** out of my house if they did not want to reside with Aiden. In the end, Rachel was crying and they're not talking to me now. Am I the astronaut? Well, this sounds like a... Like a super easy situation. Edit. No, I don't want Leah absent from my life. And Aiden is also my own son. I have the right to bring him into his house as his father. For those who are gleefully saying that they hope Rachel divorces me, I'd rather have Aiden in my house than to live with Rachel or Leah without him. Uh, I'm going to red flag this. There's there's more that he's saying here, but I'm going to red flag this because this is a sudden change right because up to this point he's been perfectly happy to live without him and just financially support him and from my understanding not be any kind of father figure to him other than other than financially supporting him and his mom so all of a sudden he would rather live with him so that that's that's a character thing about op has nothing to do with the kid here i am rich and i can make my own path and find another wife if i want to okay that's a problem absolutely nothing justifies calling her mother a whore like leah did Using that language absolutely blames him, his mother, and is ostracism. Also, yes, Rachel also called his mother a whore, not just Leah. I forgot to mention that. And yes, this is my house. It's theirs as well, but not legally. I own it. Yes, I gave them time to process it. I did not bring Aiden in all of the sudden, just to clarify. Well, he says I gave them time. He didn't just walk in with Aiden after after adopting him. But but it's it's odd that Rachel and Leah are blaming this kid for all of this it's like that's where they're focusing all of their anger and their ire is is toward this kid who didn't choose he didn't choose for his dad to be a guy who who cheated on his wife with his mom he didn't choose that he didn't choose any of this it's the sins of the father situation here where they're blaming everything on aiden rather than getting pissed at op op should be the one suffering here and i understand what he's saying so aiden has nowhere else to go his mother just passed away he's he's got to take him in but the way that he's approached this and the way that he's talking about his wife says they've been married for many years now the way that he's talking about her just makes him makes it seem like she's completely disposable to him and why has it taken so long for him to want to reveal this to her now that he has no choice, that's the only time he's doing it, right? But 
But for now to be like, I'm responsible for him. I will take care of him. Um, it, it's like, this is the first time you're feeling like this, man. And to be so cowardly to not bring it up this whole time until you absolutely have to. And then be like, you know what? Rather than deal with apologizing or trying to work through this or trying to reestablish trust or, or trying to make this work, you guys can just leave. I'm rich. I can find another wife. That's problematic. It's probably not the way to approach this, my guy. I understand why they're pissed. I don't I don't understand why they're pissed at him because he's he's a symbol of 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 the stupid thing that you did. I still I just don't understand why they would why would the point the eye of Sauron at him? Clearly, if he's been paying child support for 12 years and hadn't told his wife about her for tw- about Aiden for 12 years, yeah, he's had a double life. So what if you get rich, you can just treat people like they're disposable garbage? Be like, eh, they can't be pissed at him because he has the money that they depend on. Wow. I I need to find a whole bunch of money so I can just start being an absolute dickbag to everyone in life and be like, there's nothing you can do about it because I'm rich. And using that as the justification, being like, it's, I'm rich. I'll find another wife. Do what I want. Wow. Don't give me that look, Candy Thunder. I would never actually do that. I'm a dick without money. He cheated so he doesn't love his wife. Um, And that was 12 years ago. But the fact that he kept this a secret and has been supporting them and didn't bring it up because he didn't want to cause an argument. That's cowardly. Like you're not doing something gallant here. You're not you're not you shouldn't be proud of yourself for standing up for your son now uh, because you've waited. And who knows how Aiden feels about this situation? He's got nobody right now. And this guy apparently hasn't been, you know, a part of his life other than writing checks for 12 years. So now he's in a strange home with a strange dude who's rich, but is supposedly his dad. And these two other ladies that hate him, one of whom is a 14 year old girl and the other one is a 35 year old woman who is OP's wife and who is super pissed because she just found out about him recently. And he's like, dude, I don't know what to do. I just lost my mom and everyone here hates me except for the rich guy who doesn't care if anybody hates him. So uh, this poor kid. So we'll give an ESH, but it's going to be uh, ESH, but Aiden, not Aiden, poor kid. Like, what the hell can you imagine going through losing a parent? And then your absent father shows up and is like, you're living with me now. Come get in the Bentley. We're going to the mansion. By the way, when we get there, there's going to be two really pissed off ladies. Just ignore them. They'll go away. Leah's his daughter. And he doesn't even care if she gets pissed off enough to leave. Now, she shouldn't be taking this out on Aiden. And they shouldn't have said what they said. They should have directed all those things toward OP here. But I I don't understand this shield of money preventing him from accepting any kind of responsibility for anything. He has no accountability because he's rich. They can't get mad at him because he's rich because they, they need his money to survive. Is that going to sever it? If you holding someone accountable for their shitty actions means that you're going to get cut off, then get cut off. Do you want that money anyway? Uh, This comes from the AITA subreddit and is titled, Am I the astronaut for wanting my son to give part of his inheritance to his younger half-brother? My husband, Matt, 52 male, and I, 46 female, have three children. A son, Andrew, 24, and two daughters, ages 12 and 8. When Andrew was growing up, I felt a bit trapped in the role of a stay-at-home mom. Matt was and still is a great father and earned more than enough to afford all of the necessities and some luxuries, too. We had just purchased a new Infinity, which Matt had picked out. But I wasn't happy and was seriously considering asking for a divorce. One day, I was involved in a minor fender bender while out shopping. I was driving our still fairly new car, and Andrew was with me. None of us were hurt, but neither of the doors on the passenger side of the car could be opened. Andrew was understandably upset, and so was Matt. The guy who hit me, Raul, was very nice. We exchanged contact info, and honestly, I really enjoyed talking to him. So I began seeing him whenever Matt and Andrew weren't home. Oh, dear. Honestly, I was happier than I had been in a long time, but eventually I felt guilty. I told Raul that I wanted to work on my marriage, so we broke up. I confessed everything to Matt, and he agreed to go to counseling. Around this time, I found out that I was pregnant with a baby boy. We did a prenatal DNA test, and it showed that Matt was not the father. I decided to give my son up for adoption after he was born, so that's what we did. Matt and I then had our two daughters. 
This just got really uncomfortable. I'm going to panic moonwalk out of this one. I've always felt guilty about the adoption. So a few years ago, I did a DNA test and found my son, Diego. I was horrified to learn that he had grown up in foster care and had an unhappy childhood. He always wanted to know his biological parents. He found Raul and has a good relationship with him. I told Diego that I wished things had been different. Matt's parents, who passed away in 2021 and 2022, left half of their estate to Andrew and the other half was to be divided between our daughters. To be honest, I thought this was unfair, but it's the way they wanted to do it. The girls will receive their portion of the estate when they turn 18. I've yet to begin distributing the money to Andrew, and the reason why is that I feel strongly that half of this portion should go to Diego. Hold up. Okay. Matt's parents, the the hubby that she cheated on, right? His parents passed away in 2021 and 2022, left half of their estate to Andrew. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the other half was to be divided up between the two daughters. That's red flag number one. <laughs> like, the boy gets half. And the girls get to share the other half. Okay, I mean that's that's problematic. It's 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 got nothing to do with the price of tea in China for this scenario here, but it is but it is another problem here. Um, but it's Matt's parents, so biologically, Diego has no connection to any to them at all, right? None. Just just making sure we're all on the same page. I have told Andrew that I would like to give half of his portion to Diego because it's the least we can do to make up for the fact that I should have never given him up. It's the least we can do to make up for something that I did. Got it. He's my son, and the only reason I gave him up is because I thought it was what I needed to do to save my marriage, but he's had a really hard life as a result. Matt has taken Andrew's side, saying that not only is this unfair, but it's against what his parents wrote in their wills. I know that there's a legal aspect, but there's also the moral aspect of wanting to make up for a mistake I made when I was in a bad place. Matt is now threatening divorce, while Andrew has said some really terrible things about both me and Diego to pretty much everyone who will listen. Is what I'm asking such an unreasonable request? Ladies and gentlemen, to give their perspective on this shit show of a situation, Candy Thunder. Oh my God! I have so many thoughts on this, but the first one is that this this woman takes no accountability for any of her actions, like zero. Like for one, she said that it seemed like she was saying the reason they got into an accident was because of the car that her husband picked out. Like she tried to blame him for the car. Yeah, what was the mention? I don't know even know huh. why it was worth mentioning that the husband picked out the car. So there's like she has no fault in the in the fender bender. And then she decided to have a an affair, which she justifies by being unhappy. So instead of working on her marriage, she decided to have an affair, right. which never works. I mean, come on, like it never works. It's never going to fix the problems in your marriage to bring in somebody else and have sex with them. <laughs> like, that's never going to work. This will provide absolute clarity. <laughs> but then one, I don't know why the grandparents split up and gave the male heir half of it and the female heirs have to share that's just <laughs> but the mom also like gave up the baby so again no accountability and then at the end of it he comes back and now she's trying to take somebody else's money right and give it to diego to try to make up for what she didn't do so in nowhere in this thing did she take any accountability for anything no and I, I love how she says, we need to do this to make up for my mistake. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's so Andrew's money. you want to take money from your oldest son and give it to the son that you gave up for adoption, which by the way, it doesn't sound like she ever told Raul that she was pregnant. Right. I didn't, I don't understand why she didn't offer, or maybe she did. And he she, didn't it doesn't sound like she let him know. She, she kept that a secret from him completely. He went through the system and had a terrible time as so many kids do when they go through the system mm -hmm. and then connected with his father. So we don't know how long he was connected with Raul. Raul was probably like, I had no idea. I'm this is what a terrible feeling that must uh, be to never even reach out to Raul and be like, Hey, I'm going to, I, I need to give this baby up for adoption. Right. You're his father. Would you like to raise this child? He didn't sound like he ever had, he ever had the. <laughs> no, his, his only place was an affair in Fender Bender. Right. I don't know. This woman sounds. No, I mean, this is obviously, oh, that's not, have. that's not the way that you're going to fix your relationship. Obviously you can't, you can't 
cause other people pain to fix a problem that you created. Right. You have to, if you're going to cause any pain here to, to solve a problem, it's got to be pain that you, you have to pay that penance yourself. You can't punish your family for it. It's not their fault. And that's what she's mm-hmm. doing. She's, she's passing the buck and passing that pain on to other people and trying to basically just buy off his, his terrible past at this point. That is not going, I'm sure he would appreciate getting a fat check. It's not going to change the past. It's no, not going to undo not gonna all the it. harm. But also, can we circle back to the grandparents leaving half to the man and not as much to the girls? Cause that just, that's, that's just so other, shitty. That's a whole nother situation. That's just so shitty. Or maybe they knew and thought that the girls weren't his. I don't know. Um, but yeah, or it has something to do with that. I have no clue, but it's a very shitty thing to do. This is obviously not the right way to go. What, what was the question here? Can you scroll up to the, the AITA question? Am I the astronaut for wanting my son to give part of his inheritance to his younger half brother? Yes. Yeah. I, and I think hundred percent on the technical side of this, the half brother that he is, is not connected to where the inheritance came from. So you're not going to be able to do this legally anyway. Right. It's not, it's, it's, it's a no go. It's just not going to happen. But the, the fact that this is the solution you came up with is extremely concerning. And there has to be like, it's going to take a lifetime to, to try to repair that relationship between you and the child that you give up for adoption. Even if that's what he wants, it's going to take time and it's going to take effort and money's not going to make that easier. It may be a band aid, but it's not going to make it easier. And it's not going to put you closer to, to your, your goal here. It won't. She doesn't have the ability to take accountability for her actions. Did you hear that? That sounded weird. It was a lot of abilities. Oh, ability. <laughs> ability, ability, ability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, I, I agree with you. It is an ask on one offense. It is a. And she's been doing this for what? I don't know how old um, Diego is or when this started, but it's not. I mean, this has been years of not taking responsibility for, for the things that you've chosen to do for the life that you, the path that you blazed. You just. Right. Everything just flew out of your way in the wake. Right. Am I the astronaut for asking my mother why she cares that my brother died? Holy shit, man. We got some heavy stuff going on here today, folks. My 34-year-old brother, Michael, died two weeks ago, apparently from cardiac arrest from taking too many pain pills for too many years. He died in his apartment, and it was a week before anyone noticed he was missing. Sad, but true. Anyway, my mother is acting like a grieving mother, and it rubbed me the wrong way. I told her I didn't understand why she was all sad when she hadn't communicated with him in three months. My brother wasn't some street junkie. He had a corporate job and did CrossFit. My mom and he stopped getting along once he stopped giving her money to enable our other siblings who are the real bad apples. I just don't understand how a mother can go through months without knowing if her child is dead or alive because they don't reach out to them, but then acts all sad when they die. For the record, my mother does reach out at least once a week to the other kids and panics if she can't reach them. She's not neglectful to all of us. Some people might say that there were dynamics in play, but I've been there, and I know that it's way more simple than that. My mom just didn't care. For example, my brother sent her flowers for her birthday every year, and she'd quickly call him for his, like three days after his birthday. I've been called heartless and an asshole. I don't think I am. He's being cremated, and she wants to keep his ashes. For what? So you can stuff him in a cupboard with a liquid plumber? Damn. Okay. Uh, that's that's complicated. Um now, the question is, am I the astronaut for asking my mother why she cares that my brother died? Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's wrong to to confront her with that. I don't think it's wrong to to make her aware that, you know, that she that she didn't make any attempt to stay in contact with him and only used him for money, apparently. And whenever he stopped being a source of money, you know, she stopped contacting him. But also, it, it, when OP clarified that it's not this way with all of the other children, I think that that helped me because I'm thinking, man, like life gets crazy busy. And and, you know, although uh, I'll talk to my my parents more frequently now, it is it's not often life gets busy. You know what I mean? 
um, especially I think it's kids typically that drift from parents, though, and not parents that drift from kids. But um, but life does get busy. And I, I don't think you can hold that against someone. But if it's if it's not that way for the other kids and if they only if they only had this rift driven whenever he stopped giving her money, then it, pro- it probably is guilt. It's probably a guilt thing. And yeah, he's still her child. She's allowed to grieve. She's a ha- she's allowed to have those feelings. Now, I feel like there is there is a possible scenario here where someone will use this situation um, to put the spotlight on themselves and use it to make people feel bad for them and use it as attention seeking things. And that that's not OK. But she's allowed to grieve her child, regardless of if they were close or not. And I, I don't know that that taking that jab is the right thing to do. I mean, I don't know. And uh, everyone's allowed to grieve here. And I think grief can make you do some some out of character things for sure. But but I also don't see a problem with sticking up for your brother right then, too, and being like, look, why are you acting like you guys were super close? Now, you, you can't act like she's not allowed to grieve. It's her child, right? It wouldn't matter if they hadn't spoken in five years. She's still allowed to grieve. He's still her child. So uh, they're they're both going through. They're both going through some shit. This is not a, an easy situation. Everybody is grieving and everybody is lashing out in a different way for things. Um, definitely could have done it differently. Probably should have done it differently. I can't say. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put him at a three because he should have done it differently. Um, I understand the motivation on everybody's part here. So I think it's just it's a tough time. I don't think this is one of those one of those like you're definitely an asshole kind of things, but she can't be an asshole for grieving her son who's passed away now either. Now, if she is using this to, to make other people feel sorry for her and to gain attention, and that's the only reason she's doing it. We don't know that that's the case from what we're reading here right now. So hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's not. This cake story is a follower-submitted cake story and is titled, Am I the Askonaut for Selling My Wife's Family Cake Recipe Behind Her Back? (laughs) The Bush's Baked Beans family would never stand for this. Let me start by saying I love my wife. I'm not one of those assholes who you see way too often on Reddit and TikTok disregarding the things that are important to their wives. Now to my situation. My wife is an amazing chef and an even better baker. She comes from a long line of incredibly talented cooks, and I hit the jackpot by marrying her. She's my Gordon Ramsay, cursing and all. Every year on my birthday, I get an absolutely incredible homemade cake. Every Thanksgiving, I get an amazing pie. Every Christmas, we get a whole table of the greatest foods imaginable from her and her family. However, my most recent birthday, which was about a month ago, my wife and I decided to have some of our friends over for my birthday. She made a cake for me, as usual, and everyone loved it. It was to die for, they said. My buddy and his wife begged my wife to share the recipe, but she refused. My wife has never even told me the recipe. I've wanted it, and I've asked for it myself, but she refuses me every time. She is the Mr. Krabs to my plankton, and that damn cake recipe is the secret formula. Well, a couple of weeks after the party, I ended up finding the recipe book she uses. It was her grandmother's, and snapped a couple of pictures of the recipe so I could put it together. I called up one of my buddies and his wife, who had really wanted to know the recipe and even offered to pay us for it. Money isn't always easy to come by, and the holidays are expensive, as most of you know, so I thought a little extra cash wouldn't hurt, and my wife would never find out anyways. Well, I sold them the recipe for a little over $100. My buddy said he'd keep quiet about it. I felt content and a little naughty, like a giddy child who had stolen from the cookie bin. That lasted about 20 minutes. My wife came into our bedroom berating me for betraying her and her family's recipe, something which has been secretive to only her family for generations. I apologized, and I'm still apologizing, but she hasn't forgiven me. While I recognize that this is important to her, it's truly just a recipe. This doesn't take it away from her. It is merely sharing. Not only that, but the extra cash for sharing a simple recipe is a good deal, if you ask me, but not my wife. She looks at me like I'm the prisoner of Azkaban now. I'm beginning to fear I myself may never taste that cake again. So I ask you, Mr. Thunder, am I truly an assbag for this one? If I am, how can I make this up to her? It's cold in the doghouse. Thanks. How did she find out so fast? 
that's that's it's not the most important question to ask here but we didn't you didn't tell us how she found out that lasted about 20 minutes my wife came into her bedroom berating me for betraying her so either like how did she find out that quick did somebody rat you out or did the person you sold this recipe to post it on facebook or something because that's (laughs) that that shouldn't have been part of the deal uh this is one of those situations where you uh you knew that a boundary existed and you crossed it you knew that this was this was a, a hard boundary for your wife. This was an absolutely under no circumstances. You knew that this boundary was there. You knew that it was a hard no, and you still went ahead and did it anyway. I mean, you directly deceived your wife here. And uh, unless you refund their hundred bucks and have them delete that from their device and hope that they have not done anything else with it, I don't think there's a coming back from this. Like you've now, you've now broken trust with your wife. And if this was that big of a deal to her and her family, you may end up being shunned here. You have put all of those tasty things that you've been enjoying this whole time at risk. You've done, you've done fudged up pretty bad. Symbolically, this was a very, very, very important thing for her. And you gave zero shits, sold it for a hundred bucks. It's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, man. I just, I don't, I can't imagine this being a thing. My, my grandmother who has since passed, we called her Mao. Her name was Barbara had a noodle recipe for like Thanksgiving or for holidays. But these noodles were like freaking magical. And my older sister, Bree, maybe she now makes the noodles. And um, and we couldn't make it to her Thanksgiving this year because we were down in Diamond with Candy Thunder's family. But I, but I had to I had to request. I'm like, please save some noodles for me because there's nothing like them. Just nothing like them. It is uh, it's a big deal, man. You got and you have a lot to make up for the fact that you knew it was a big deal and you did it anyway, sold it and then you got busted for it. Like, I, I don't know how you how you come back from this one. You are truly an ass bag for doing this because you knew she had strong feelings about it. it she feels like you don't respect her now and she feels like the things that she thinks important you don't respect. And now she can't trust you. So it's going to take a long time to come back from this. I would try to reach out to those friends and say, hey, I screwed up. Um, here's your refund. Please delete that from your device and and just please respect this. My marriage is about to end over it. So, um, you know, I'm throwing you up to ask on one because it was it was a stupid thing to do. I'm going to brozo you as well. Um, I don't think you're evil for doing this. I think it's a brozo ask on one, which is more of a, an idiotic kind of thing. It's an idiotic kind of thing. He stole a recipe. Uh, some people had just showed up, but it's a recipe um, that his wife held secret and and wouldn't even share with him. It was a family recipe. It was She guarded it very, very closely, and he snapped a picture of it in the recipe book and sold it um, to a friend for 100 bucks. So, yeah, I mean, if if you think that the things that are really important to your wife are only worth 100 bucks, you got a problem. Title is, It's Me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Or is it? My boyfriend and I have been together for over two years and moved in together nine months after we met. Prior to moving in together, we both had our own places and worked full time. Once we moved in together, we discussed how we would handle our finances together. On paper, it all looked great. Then reality started setting in. I was paying for the majority of our expenses and any additional things we did. I paid for beach vacations, groceries, dinner dates, our cruise, etc. He never once offered to pay anything towards these additional expenses. He was completely fine with me paying for these on my own. As time has gone on, it's become more obvious to me that he is never going to contribute towards anything extra we do and that it was all going to be on me. Of course, this is frustrating to me, and I've talked to him about helping more, but nothing has changed. If anything, it has gotten worse. I make double what he makes, so I'm fine with contributing more to our expenses, but it's to the point now that I'm paying for way more than I should be, and I continually help him out as well. I feel totally taken advantage of. He started a new job in October and was making a lot more money than he was prior, so I was excited that all of this financial burden wouldn't fall so heavily on me anymore. Well, he only lasted at this job for a few weeks because he said he hated it and he quit. 
He then found another job making what he was making before. So my excitement about getting some financial help was very short-lived. And to make matters even worse, we have no intimacy, no relationship. I couldn't honestly tell you when he has taken me on a real date, months and months ago. I've discussed with him my financial concerns, my relationship concerns, my intimacy concerns, and he thinks everything is fine and that I'm just being mean. So tell me, am I the problem? Should I be okay to never having intimacy? Should I be okay with never being taken on a date? Should I be okay with paying for pretty much everything? I'm at the point where continuing this relationship has no positive benefits for me. I'm getting nothing out of it. I feel like I deserve better than this. Or is it me? Am I the problem? Am I wanting too much? And here to give us her insights on this story is the one and only Candy Thunder. Uh, what what are your thoughts here? Get the F out. Get out of this relationship. Yeah, like run for the hills. And when you get there, just keep running. You do like you, you answered your own questions. He doesn't take you on dates. There is no intimacy. This is you are just paying for him to do things at this point. There's there's this isn't a relationship. Yeah, I think this is this is indifference, right? There is. Yeah, there are worse things than being alone. And, and this Truth. is one of them. You're wasting money that you could be saving. Go to the beach by yourself. Get a dog. Like, explore different things because this relationship is not. You've got to get things out of a relationship as much as you put into them. And you're not getting anything out of this relationship. You're just sinking money into it and getting nothing for it. So it feels like the the nail in the coffin for me reading this was... Um, I've, I've explained all of this. I've explained my concerns about the financial situation, about the emotional situation, about the intimacy, about everything. And he thinks everything is fine and that I'm just being mean. If he, <laughs> from an emotional intelligence standpoint here, <laughs> when you try to explain how you feel is like, everything's fine. You're just being mean. That That's a deal breaker right there because you're so mean. Well, yeah, <laughs> one of the most important things that I've learned um, in, in having a successful relationship from Candy Thunder is that whenever something needs to be addressed, <laughs> I'm excited to hear this. Yeah. Whenever something <laughs> needs to be addressed and something needs attention and something needs to change, if your partner tells you, listen and take it seriously, they're not telling you to be shitty to you. They're not telling you to be mean. They're telling you to give you an opportunity to change something or to fix something that they feel like is broken and that needs to change because the way that it's headed, the direction that it's headed is not in a healthy direction. Whenever Candy tells me that something is bothering her, that gives me the information I need to be able to change those things and to be able to solve a problem. I didn't always know that, right? And that's something you have to learn over time, but, but for whatever reason, it finally clicked for me. And I'm like, okay, so now, now when I hear things, I'm going to address and fix problems unless I'm just dead set on being an asshole that day. But that's, that's neither here nor there. In general, the fact that he's not respecting <laughs> your feelings here, even when you spell them out for him and he has no plans to solve any of the problems that he now is aware exist, what are you supposed to do with that? There's nothing you can do with that. And I feel like intimacy, like I agree with everything that you said and uh, intimacy in a relationship. Like if you don't have that in your in your partnership with your spouse or your your significant other, I mean, what? what's the point of having a relationship? Like that's supposed to be the person that knows you the best. Like it means something to have that intimacy. And it's not just sex or anything like that. It's cuddling on the couch, like watching a movie together. It's, it's all of these different things. And if you don't have that, um, like I said, get a dog, (laughs) snuggle with the dog. You know what? We might go back to this in the dusty thunder subreddit and paste a link once this video gets posted. Um, and I hope that by the time, that we get this video to to this person. I hope that you're gone. I hope that you're out of this yeah, relationship. Absolutely. You you end this by saying, I'm at the point where continuing this relationship has no positive benefits for me. I'm getting nothing right. out of it. I feel that I deserve better right. than this. As and you, you should. You, you should. Know. And you should not feel guilty about that. Like you should be getting something out of a relationship. And if you're not, then find a new relationship. How long have you all been together? Uh, moved in together nine months after you met over two years. So I, I will yeah. say this. Um, he's he's comfortable and and not working towards definitely towards bettering it. We also don't know ages um, here, and that could come into play because I do I do strongly believe that especially young couples, you can outgrow your partner. 
Mm-hmm. If it's a young partner, if you guys get together yeah. really young, like one of you grows up and one doesn't, it happens. Right. Um, and people, people can grow apart, but it seems like you guys were never on the same page in the first place. And that's where this is a little bit weird. I think maybe OP, you were waiting on him to grow up and he just hasn't done it yet. And that little glimmer of hope where he did it and had, um, uh, had a, a big boy job for a minute. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden it was like, I don't like it. I hate it. And then went back to it. That was, that was deflating. Right. So it's, you had a glimmer of hope that he was going to grow up for a minute and then it, he was resistant to it. So you're, it's like you're teetering on indifference here. <laughs> this is a man child, honey. Get out. Just get out. There's I mean, a, I'm a man child. No, I understand not. that no, you're not. in ways, <laughs> yeah. in some ways. So, uh, OP here, uh, I know it's not an AITA question, but you're, you're not the asshole for feeling what you're feeling or thinking what you're thinking. And I think you already know the answer here. Um, but the nail in the coffin for me is that you said I've explained how I feel. I've expressed my concerns about this, 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 and this. And he's like, everything's fine. You're just being mean. Okay. Time to move on. <laughs> if your rebuttal is you're just being mean, uh, then you're I'm going to start using that. <laughs> you're not an adult. I'm going to start using that whenever Candy Thunder brings up something. I'm going to be like, you're just being mean. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.